Welcome back to the Sleepover Podcast. This is Fan Dames with Parks and Nebula, and we have a super special guest joining us today. We have a Dorkastock, or a Dorkabose, or Sarah Ford. Hi, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> it's me, all my names. <laughs> all of your names, all of the things. Do you want to tell our listeners, um, and also I think Parker, a little bit more background about what it is that you do um, content-wise and what you sell? I know you make some pretty awesome things sure yeah so my name is sarah um 39 years old i live in central massachusetts i have been an artist my whole life and uh i started pose reference modeling just after college which in hindsight was very belated to my own usefulness um (laughs) but i have a degree in fine art i have a bfa and i love figure drawing and once i got out of school i didn't have um access anymore to the models and the resources that I had while I was in school and I said oh my goodness I need to I need references and so I started taking photos of myself Um, so that's how I started the pose reference modeling stuff and my art journey has been like a a, an ADHD disaster so like I'll do something for 10 years and I'll drop it completely and then I'll do something for 10 years and then I'll drop it completely so I'm currently in my bow phase where I'm making hair bows uh, one of a kind very fancy hair bows and I'm like about four or five years into that. So we'll see. You know, I should have another half decade or so left of both. Before, <laughs> a little bit more juice Before I burn out on that one. <laughs> I get that. Because Neb, I don't need it for me. It took one Google search to realize I've been using these pose references since I was in my fine arts phase in high school before I ADHD autism brained out of that permanently. Yeah. So I knew. I'm I haven't drawn. I haven't drawn in three years. So, me neither i don't think i've yeah. drawn like something real i've done little doodles here and yeah, there doodles. i make sticker designs i don't use yeah. and then move on i haven't done actual fine art in maybe like two years now three years just, i kind of love it i have just dropped no more. traditional art completely now it's all digital and i i really like it i did studio art in college and we had all the models and everything and like i hate that I can't just hit control Z and that I have to actually erase these lines and then have, not tear the literally, paper. I have to literally rip the seams now. It's very therapeutic. You know, you gotta cut it apart and do it again. <laughs> it doesn't feel it doesn't feel therapeutic at all. I need to get an ergonomic seam ripper. I'm gonna lose it if I have to. You do manual. need one. <laughs> It's just, it kind of feels a little bit like I'm flaying myself when I have to use like the little thin one that came with your machine to rip everything out. <laughs> You need an ergonomic Time one. Time to self-reflect. <laughs> so, Sarah, you and I, I have say, followed each other. Get a good other. pair of Fiskers. Whoop. Oh, Fiskers! I also just rip them, honestly. And I don't do backstitch you- if I don't like my seam. So I can just go... <laughs> do you not tear your fabric when you do that? It depends on the fabric. Okay. I can usually just... I, I rip the first, like, three, and then it's clear enough I can just... Yeah. Get a good grip. (laughs) I usually finish my edges, so it's fine. I am like the most methodical seam ripper. If I have to redo it, I will pick out every individual seam (laughs) because I can't. I'm too afraid I'm going to tear the fabric. You're crazy. You're using like a fox sway, a faux sway on your current project. Just tear it. It's okay. It will live. It'll be absolutely the fuck not. (laughs) 
You have to see, that's the thing though, is that I have so many more years of experience on you. Like it's okay if I just go, I got more. All right. All right. I'll, I'll let you live with that one. <laughs> um, Sarah, it's so wild that you and I have actually followed each other for a little while now, but mm-hmm. we've never gotten a chance to interact. And I was telling you before the recording, but for all the listeners that I have, um, kept up with your work for over 10 years, which is really wild. <laughs> and I think you're probably the only independent creator that I have kept up with for that long. And like, oh, she's on this platform now. Okay, now I have to go make an account, follow her here. And like, <laughs> oh, okay, I got to go support her here. And I, as a visual artist and as a cosplayer, and now like trying to get into better posing and modeling for cosplay photos have found your creations and your pose references so invaluable. Um, So I'm so glad that I get to actually talk to you because you have been like unknowingly and not just for myself, but for probably thousands, you've been this instrumental part of my artistic journey. So it's just really cool. And I just, I love all the stuff that you make. That's awesome. I always, it's one of, sometimes when I'm at conventions, like people will come up to my table and they'll be like, oh my God, I've been drawing your stuff since middle school. And I'm like, oh my God, how old am I? <laughs> I'm so sorry that I have to add to that statistic. No, I, well, I've been doing this for 16 years. This yeah, year. I think since I was so, in middle school, probably not even maybe a little bit earlier, maybe sixth or seventh grade is when I started using your stuff because I would find it also reposted on Pinterest and like DeviantArt. And then I would follow those links backwards. My all right, we're here. I I'm started good. in I've 2007 got it. with this. It was the year after I graduated college. So yeah, 16 years this fall. It'll be That's in incredible. Yeah. So you didn't drop it after 10 years. I, You've got a, one. You know, it's interesting because so I started in 07. And I kept it and I was doing it and it was definitely a hobby. It was 100% a hobby until I had my kid. And my kid was born in 2014. So that was seven years later. So had I not like figured out how to monetize post references, I don't think I would have kept doing it because at that point I had a child and I was, I still wanted to make art and there really wasn't room for that. To, to like keep doing that, to keep dedicating time to it. Um, but it was almost the exact same time that Patreon like became a thing. And I was like, well, I'll just try this because I don't, I don't know what else to do. Like I was kind of selling post packs through DeviantArt. I had like a PayPal like website where you could like buy packs and stuff, but it was so inconsistent. And I, I, I didn't know how to market myself and I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have an email list. I didn't have like the basics of marketing. And so like Patreon came around and I was like, well, <laughs> give this a go, you know? And it was so like half-hearted and I didn't know what I was doing and it was a huge mess. And then I had to fix it later, but it was really good timing (laughs) because I don't know if I would have kept going, honestly. I am so glad that you have. I think I have two or three of your Pose hard drives and every now and then when I get into like a super hyper fixated, I have to draw something. I'm just like, where the fuck is that hard drive? Oh, the little little flash drive? (laughs) Those are like vintage now. I think think there's like 10 left on my website and then once those are gone they're gone that's the end of those so if you Maybe don't I'll buy another one <laughs> <Buy> the rest. <laughs> back up your files don't keep them on the usb drive <laughs> oh my gosh get the big terabyte out for them keep them forever that's awesome i it's i'm like I was so chill for all of the lead up to it. And now that I like said all of that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking to an orchestra. 
<laughs> the realization set in after the Just last like 20 minutes yeah it's so funny because when it happens at conventions like it'll happen like again and again and sometimes i have like my mother-in-law helping me at tables or like i have friends that come and help me and stuff and they're like fangirl sarah finish your sandwich come here <laughs> okay coming i'm coming <laughs> that's so cute oh my goodness it's super cute i like when people stop by and tell me how much that this the pose references help them because like honestly you know i'm sure this is stuff we're going to talk about in a little bit but being female on the internet and having pictures of your body on the internet has like a bunch of stuff that comes along with it then not all of it is nice so like the more and always the bad things always feel so much heavier than the good things. So whenever you hear from somebody in person, like, hey, you helped me, you helped my art, you helped me like figure out what I wanted to do. Like, I've had people be like, you saved my life. And I'm like, that's really intense, but I'm so happy you're here. You know, like, um, so like hearing that stuff from people is, even if it's, you know, just once in a while is always great. Well, and also to be such a good resource for drawing real human bodies and Mm -hmm. not like hypersexualized or like insanely stylized, like in all of your photos, you're a legitimate, like average lady. Here I am. I don't look like a supermodel. (laughs) You can't even understand how hard I've been trying to hire like a giant titty, tiny waist, huge butt lady. Like, I'm like, that's like the one thing I'm missing right now. And old people. Yeah, <laughs> old people are so hard to draw. I just gave up on that. I can't never, even ever... tell you how many old people I've been like. Listen, I will pay you, and they're like, no just one wants to see move. that. I'm like, everyone wants it. Please let us see how me. you wrinkle. Please, <laughs> I'm begging. You should. I wonder if you could go to like a local retirement home and ask if you could partner and be like, do you want portraits done or anything? And yeah, but see they if have they to would be, be in their interested. underwear. For the but yeah, we, we but if you could, you could do just like people. no, just like a white yeah. T-shirt and like some uh-huh, shorts something. or something, a we little bit more modern. Here, their grandma. I need the I need the gregarious, <laughs> outgoing, you know, ninety-two-year-old who has lost all her fucks and is like, yeah. I'll do anything. You know, I need that lady. There are a lot of those ladies, like older women, who like are really confident and like are, but they're all like fitness people. Oh, so they're no. like they're old but they're also like buff and jacked and i'm like that's cool that's great i'm so happy for you and that but it's not what i'm looking for i want like grandma rolls <laughs> oh my goodness we oh, need to that's... be able to like put you into a D universe as like a cool witch please yeah. well you guys you guys bit. know skydancer stock right yes you guys yeah so he Maybe? passed away he passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, Marion is his name. And he is just like the quintessential wizard, right? Like you look at his images and he's got the beard and he's like, I don't think he was that old, but he has that old guy look, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it's just like, you know, oh, it was so good. I, I want the lady version of that. I want like the wizened old grandma model. I'm trying yes. try to talk my mother-in-law into it. It's not working. Please, just <laughs> please. It's hard we'll to get there form it yeah I get that completely and I don't know we can even just toe right into that but I totally understand like having your body be on display I've been a cosplay model since I was 14 um I started doing it a little bit more when I was 16 17 18 is kind of when I started taking my modeling way more seriously and I'm I have six to nine different types of others down though so only six of them you can actually tell from like looking at me which is similar to Marfans in terms of how people look 
But since I was like 15 or 16 years old, I would have people on the internet see my cosplays and then message me asking if I had like an eating disorder or if I was sick or if I was, I've gotten comments saying I look like I'm on meth because I like am so skinny just because I'm, I'm like this. I'm a disabled creator and it's just, it is what it is, but it really does feel so hefty when it's like one message maybe every two months or so that someone has to comment on me like that versus like the normal positive reflection I get it's so hard and so for you to have your body in so many different ways and so many different reference packs for, so 16, much larger, years. <laughs> yeah, for 16 years that's like all of the stages because bodies change they grow weight is gained weight is lost there's so many people reflecting on like how you look and still do that. It definitely has to like really affect you in a lot of ways. And I know the positivity does help balance it out sometimes, but like one message like that can always just kind of put everything on hold. Sometimes it feels like when I come back from conventions, if one person sexualizes me in a way I don't like, I have to hide in my room for like a week. Cause I just don't want to exist anymore mm. in terms of like, it's, I don't know. It's when you're in this field, it's like people don't understand that you're not a commodity. You're still a person. Mm -hmm. And it's always been like that. I feel like being a woman on the internet, especially on DeviantArt, DeviantArt's the worst place to like post your body. I, I don't, those <laughs> people are weird. Oh my God. It's like a Good different old breed. DeviantArt. <laughs> It still kind of is. It's true. Oh my god, it still is. I get. I don't use my DeviantArt for cosplay anymore. I kind of use it as an archive, mm -hmm. and then I'll still get weird DMs from dudes who are like, "I'm gonna use this." Like, oh my god, whoa, well, that's <laughs> weird. Please don't. I'm like, oh, this guy, he saved my every favorite in my Power Girl cosplay. How cool! The and then I look at the folder and I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't want to be included in this. Actually, <laughs> actually, I'm gonna block you now. Thank you. <laughs> It's um, scary. It's hard. It is scary and it is hard. And on that lead in, I would love to hear um, what you do or what you have done in the past that has worked or maybe not worked to combat that and to kind of overcome that with such a body focused uh, business, Sarah. Yeah, a lot of it over the years. So when I started Poser Evans Modeling, I was 22. I'm now 39. Um, so there's, I've also had a baby in there somewhere. Uh, so there's been like a lot of physical, you know, changes. So I, it's very interesting and strange to have like a 16 year record, pretty consistent record of like what my shape has been, you know, over the course of that time. And I, in the past, I've never, I've never had any, um, like diagnosed like eating disorders or anything like that, but I have mentally struggled with like food relationships right so like when I was 22 I could eat whatever I wanted and I always looked you know what I thought was great um and then as I aged and as my body has changed I've had these like I'm trying to age gracefully where I'm trying to like accept my changes you know accept things that are different um and just kind of let them just be and it is hard because you know whenever like I could post a picture that's from right after I had a baby and, you know, some, somebody will say like, oh, you look like you've gained weight in this photo. And they might not even be saying it in like a negative way. They might just be like making an observation, but it's still gonna like fat phobia is so ingrained in like culture and society that it's still going to hit me like, yeah, I'm fat in that photo. 
I'm not. <laughs> I'm like a size eight or whatever, which is like totally still like straight sized, like mainstream, like totally culturally, you know, accepted and not outside the norm. But like you, you get like this, you get like this effect on you where you like, you have these associations from society that's like fat equals bad, which we know it isn't, but like it, you can't help those feelings right so those feelings happen and then you have to like consciously recognize them and be like this person either isn't doesn't know what they're saying maybe isn't saying it for the reasons that you immediately reacted to but also like to be able to like reflect on it yourself and kind of like feel how you feel and then just kind of not let it keep sitting on you right like so if I see these comments you know and I have models who are fat like so now I'm posting these photos of models who are fat who are definitely outside of what society considers like a normal range of weight so I get that they don't which I you know is one thing that like I sounds a little savory but I'd like to be that front for them do you know what I mean like I'd like to have that stuff hit me instead of going directly to them because I can filter that stuff out before it gets to them. I mean, same thing with my black models, same thing with kind of anybody that's, you know, my trans models and stuff. So I can take who I am and what I've learned and I can put myself in front of those people. Do I wish that, you know, a Ruby, uh, what is Fugitive Ruby on Twitter? She does fat post-reference modeling. She runs fatphotoref.com. Like, I love that she's doing it, but I know she gets the same thing. I know she gets hit with this stuff and she gets it right up front, but she's taking that hit for all her models. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing. It's like once you've built up that, like that tough outer crust, then you can like, it still hurts, but it it rolls off easier. So like you see these comments from people and you can, you can kind of like, like I post on Imager regularly now and Imager is definitely like not the friendliest like social media, right? Like people just say what they mean and like, you know, and so I get these comments and I like being able to sort of laugh at them and being able to like genuinely, like, even if you feel the pinch a little, being able to like allow it to be funny and just be like, oh yeah, haha, yep, I'm so ugly or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> or like, and, and and there's no point, there's no point in fighting with people. I've definitely learned that um, like the, the fastest way to disarm a lot of these commenters is to just like laugh along with them. And sometimes people are purposefully hateful and sometimes people are just trolls. And trolls are quickly disarmed if you participate right like they if you think it's funny and they think it's funny and everyone's laughing then it's funny and everyone's laughing if somebody is coming at you with the intention of being hurtful it becomes pretty apparent pretty quickly and then you just block them and move on with your life (laughs) exactly well I think it's also I I wouldn't necessarily call it saviory to kind of filter that out for your models because unfortunately it's probably not something they haven't heard before like all three of us are afab and have experienced so many things on that spectrum of just body critical language and um expectations and associations and that can only get worse for anyone that does not fit another person's idea of what is correct and I I don't I wouldn't call it savior of anything I would say it's being a good employer and a good friend 
and a good creator to want to foster the the positive aspects because when you introduced your um oh I, I can't remember their name but the model that is uh an amputee oh yeah um, nova nova mm-hmm. when you introduced nova i was floored and super excited and then i got hit with that wave of like oh god like i hope no one is rude to this person because yeah. they're so perfect for this exact page. Like they're so, they're so into it. Their poses are phenomenal. They're such a good model. And I, it means a lot to me because my grandmother was an amputee and also a seamstress and a creator. And it was that kind of taboo mindset. And so to see it pop up on my Twitter feed now and on DeviantArt in such a positive light um, and to see that affect everybody else around your your creations, I think that's a good thing. I wouldn't call it savory. I think you should. Yeah, be I guess it. like the thing that drives me crazy is that I wish these people could do it themselves, and that I didn't have to front. I guess that's yeah. that's what the feeling is: is that I wish I didn't have to be the filter because I wish that more. I am hard pressed to find any POC pose reference models. Almost all of the big names that I know are are white, and it's like. You know, I know Acquiesce, uh, Acquiesce Art on TikTok. He, oh, sorry, they do modeling and, um, you know, you know, they do great stuff. And that's the only POC, like, and they don't even do specifically pose reference modeling. They do like fashion modeling and like video game stuff and like a lot of really great content. But like, there aren't that I know of that I've been able to connect to. And if I, if people know of them, tell me, link me up, hook me up. I will lift, I will promote, I will share, I will retweet. I will, everybody that's ever messaged me to be like, I want to do what you do. How do you do it? I have told them everything I know. Like anyone who has ever come to me and been like, I want to do what you do. I'm like, here's the book. Go nuts. You know, like I, I want everyone that wants to do it to do it. So yeah, it, it just, that's the part that, that drives me crazy is that I wish I didn't have to be the front. I wish that people like Nova, like if he wanted to model and he, and pose referencing was something that he was passionate about, I would want him to just do it, you know? <laughs> uh, I don't think he does. I think he just had fun doing the shoot, you know, with me right. and Starlight. But, but, but I just want, you know, I know when Ruby, you know, goes and puts herself out there with Fat Photo Ref, you know, that she's doing that at a cost, you know? And it's, it's like, oh man, I just wish it wasn't, I, the fact that I feel like I, when I like reflect back on 16 years of like harassment and degradation and, and all the bullshit that I've had to deal with, I mean, don't get me wrong, most of it has been good. But when I think about those bad things and I think about how much worse it would be for someone who isn't like thin, white, and relatively within society's standards of beauty, like, wow, you know, it like, <laughs> how much more could we have if people weren't assholes is basically exactly. the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> exactly. I think that maybe you could have a really great model market if you reached out to local cosplayers because yeah, they're already I mean, I have, doing modeling. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's a lot of where my models come from is like networking through conventions. Like mm. that's what, that's how I meet a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of friends anyway. So, you know, that's how I met B. That's how I met. Um, I can't remember. I have to like, I'm like, how did I meet all these people? You know, it's, it's funny because most of the models that I've hired are people that I just know, um, like through one way or another, it's, it's kind of rare for me to like reach out and just find like almost strangers like Danny, uh, the fitness model, the Latina fitness model that I just had recently this, I think it was last summer. Um, I can't even remember. I think we might've connected because 
I found like the photographer liked my stuff and he was like, oh, do you want to do like a collab or something? And like somehow we connected there. And that was the first time I did a shoot with people who were like wholly new that I didn't like know through someone else. It was like we had connected on Instagram and it was like this. New, but now it's like, oh, yeah, Danny. Yeah. And Afro. Yeah. Afro Soul. Yeah. Like my, my, my buddies, you know, <laughs> because That's once so I know fun. someone, they're pretty much my friend forever. <laughs> You guys oh, are my yes. friends forever now. Welcome to the yes. circle. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the circle. Message um, me anytime you want to chat. <laughs> I, I love that. I get that a lot. Um, my friends, two of my best friends are both uh, people of color and they are both cosplayers. Um, they've blown up on a lot of like their boards for the type of cosplay they do. One of them is a very, very short Filipino girl. And um, she gets criticized a lot because she's very short and has this flat chest and just a lot of people don't respect her, even though she's a 30 year old woman. Mm. And so if she does, cause she does a lot of um, very huge technical builds. She cosplays as boys, but she also cosplays as like hot demons from fate who aren't wearing <laughs> that many clothes. But because of that, all they do is criticize her for her body or how she looks or whatever, because she's a person of color. And the same happens for my friend because he's a large black man who cosplays people who are traditionally like Japanese white characters. And it's nonstop with amount of like, criticism people have um since the last two years he gets a lot of like netflix adaptation comments on his shit and mm. it's just like a level of it's these so tiring it's, it's so, so tiring, tiring. <laughs> it's always from people who do not like participate in it and they I think they're like, being funny and clever but like after, like it's not like, the same shit the yeah. 300th time of hearing it you're kind of like yeah not really actually funny at all it wasn't creative no i'm six foot four so i hear people comment on my height all the damn time i haven't heard a new line since i was in sixth grade like oh yeah that you said nothing creative because that's my litmus test for trolling (laughs) like if i'm on deviantart if i'm on instagram if i'm on imager or whatever and i see a post that is because i my troll dar is pretty good right now (laughs) after this long so if i see a post and i'm like that's bait I can kind of like, I can almost judge it based on how like original it is. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone says something that I've heard a million times and it's the same old joke and I'm like, whatever, you're fat, you're ugly. If it's any version of any one of those, then it's just kind of like, ha ha ha. But every once in a while, like something will pop up and I cannot think of an example, but something will pop up and I'll be like, that one stung a little different. Like that one hit a little different. And then I have to like analyze like, where 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 did where did you get in? Like how did you get through the cracks? You what know, did this one <laughs> yeah. Like how did you? What was the precision on that? You know, and then at that point, I'm almost saying, well, well done. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. no, I think you, it's you're funny. actually surprised. You know, and I will reply to trolls like that and like be like, you know, that one actually hurt my feelings. And I've been doing this for a really long time, so good job <laughs> that's always, i'll get one on tiktok where it's like cringe but i don't really care about that and then i get some that have really just read me and it's like all right i'm leaving it because that's good point it's I interaction don't... right like all those you know when people like it doesn't oh. hurt me none the very first time i posted or very close to the first time that i posted lauren ashley on facebook mm-hmm. it got picked up by like a fat hate group and it was like it was relentless but the flip side, and I did eventually end up turning off comments because I, I moderated for like 12 hours. <laughs> so I deleted shitty comments and I was moderating. I was replying to things that were like, 
that I thought I could be educational, like people who didn't seem like they were intentionally being mean, but might just be stupid. So like I was trying, I was moderating. It was like 12 hours. I was like, I have to go to bed. So I just turned off comments and went to bed because I don't want to wake up in the morning and, you know, deal with that. But the flip side is that that post had so much visibility and so much engagement that everyone who followed my page probably saw that post multiple people shared that post with their friends you know and so like you know it sucks that drama fuels that's what the social media algorithm wants right it wants fighting it wants all that crap so it's like you know the flip side is that a lot of artists found me from that post yeah and a lot of artists got to see good fat representation you know for poser reference stuff so it's like but is it worth it? Like, <laughs> it's like, it's just nuts. <laughs> so I want to go back to one thing you said a little while ago. Um, that I've already that, forgotten. Go ahead. <laughs> that I will repeat to you because I understand the ADHD brain. Um, that you mentioned that everyone that you talk to that wants to get into this, you're like, yes, here's everything that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like, we're loving the inclusivity and the diversity that you've learned along the way as well but what was like the big catalyst that got you started on it because if memory serves I don't think there was any community or anything online that had this kind of resource that wasn't like just photos of a of a live figure drawing before you started posting everything DeviantArt had post reference galleries they had um stock photos for photo manipulation so this was like girls in fairy dresses and men in suits and men in suits with guns and girls in big gowns with very fancy hair and it was all to photo bash things together to make like book covers and you know illustrations and stuff like that it was all photo manipulation there was also a section of nude models right for artistic reference so your traditional go see the naked lady up on the table in the seated reclined position with, you know, and then you draw that pose and that's for traditional art, you know, study. Um, So I was illustrating, I had, like I said, I was fresh out of college and I was on DeviantArt looking for pose references and I was finding, I didn't want to look at naked ladies really, which I am queer, but (laughs) at the time I didn't really like, I didn't need the titties and all the bitties I just needed the pose so you can actually be a lot more creative with your posing when you're not worried about flashing your bits I've learned and so I would go looking for these women who were wearing swimsuits who were dressed as scantily clad fairies who were dressed as um you know sexy vinyl torture women you know and so that's where I was finding my pose references because they were body shaped things and I could ignore the tutu and I could ignore the wings and I just needed the pose once I exhausted myself of what DeviantArt had, which was like maybe a year after I got out of college, I was like, well, now I need to do something else because that was that was it. I used all the, you know, <laughs> that I could find. So I was like, well, I'll just I have a bodysuit um, because I think I had a at that point, I think I was starting to go to conventions. So I was considering like cosplay and things like that. And I it was going to be Sailor Moon. Right. So I had already started buying like white bodysuits as the basis of a like Sailor Moon costume. And so I was like, well, I'll just like put this on and that's the right shape, you know, and I'll 
take a bunch of pictures of myself and draw from that. And so that's what I was doing. And my friends were like, oh, these are really cool poses. You know, did you have a reference? I was like, yeah, it's me. You know, and I'd, I'd send my friends the photos and they, they were like, oh, this is really cool. You know, you should um, you should post these like you could stick these on DeviantArt. I was like, oh, they don't really have like a section, you know, for this on DeviantArt. And they were like, oh, yeah, I just just put it in. You know, someone told me where to put it. I was like, OK, so I started posting them. But they were like the shittiest photos. Like I don't know, like if you've ever gone back, back, back to the beginning of like the 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 DeviantArt gallery. But like, actually, there's like they're just so low resolution. They're maybe 700 pixels wide. They're like 1,200 pixels tall. I mean, these are like tiny. You know, I was using a Panasonic uh, like point and shoot. Like you know, this is 2007. People, tech yes. was not that great. <laughs> I didn't have a good camera. I didn't have a DSLR. I didn't have any of that. And so probably within the first month of me posting, DeviantArt scrapped my entire gallery. Oh my God. They just, the moderators of stock and resources were like, this is not high quality enough. And they put everything in scrap. And I cried a lot because <laughs> I think I, I want went to cry from, for you right now. Went, 16 years later. <laughs> I went, I went from like, zero to like 500 followers within like a couple of weeks of posting and 500 followers at the time was like the most followers I've ever had on anything ever and I was just like oh my god and people were constantly like we love this this is great what you're doing is amazing this is so helpful please keep making it I have a request can you do this and I was just doing Sailor Moon poses at that time like that's it that's all I was doing because that's what I was drawing and so I contacted the moderator because everyone's a volunteer at this point mm -hmm. at DeviantArt. It might still be for all I know. And I contacted the gallery moderator and I was like, listen, like people are using this. They like it. They're getting use out of it. So even if it's not good enough for you, it's good enough for them. And like, I kind of had to like make my case because these photos were not good enough to edit in Photoshop. They weren't high quality. They weren't high resolution. They were grainy as hell. They looked like shit, but you could see each finger and you could draw from it. And so like, I kind of had to like, for lack of a better word, like force my way into like them letting me be there basically. <laughs> like I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. So, and the reason you saw it is because people like it and it ended up coming to your attention. So deal with me <laughs> like, basically that's you know? incredible and so what I started doing which is so stupid is I just didn't crop the images tight so like it had to be a minimum of 600 pixels on each side that was the rule at the time so instead of cropping to 579 by 1080 or whatever I would crop to 610 by 1080 and I would submit the motherfucker. <laughs> and, that was, and that's what I did. I was fitting within their guidelines. The images were still terrible quality. They were still grainy as heck and could not have been used. I mean, people use them for photo manipulations and they still do, which blows my mind. But like, I I followed their rules as like asshole-ishly as I could. <laughs> Love it was it. like malicious, malicious compliance. Malicious compliance. And and it's funny, I am still friends. The girl who was the moderator at the time, she's not anymore. We are still friends. Um, so like, cause I, she felt really bad for me because she thought what I was doing was great. And, but she had to enforce the rules she was given, you know? And so, yeah, it was, it was definitely a time. And I mean, I think back on it, I'm like, that could have been it. Like I could have just given up right then. I could have just That's... been like, fuck it, you know? This is such the art student brain in me coming out, but that reminds me, and I can't remember any of the names now, 
of like the court case from I think it was the 1800s where someone literally sued an artist that was doing some of the first abstract painting. And they're like, this isn't art. You're not allowed to be in the salons. You're not allowed to do all this. You can't be an artist. And now it's like, guess what, bitch? 150 <laughs> years later, we're repeating it, but even better. And now it's ladies. And I just, I, I love I just, that. I, I, there are times in life where you do need to like accept defeat and step back and like figure out your shit. And there are times in life where you need to be a stubborn asshole and just charge forward like a bull in a china shop. Like, <laughs> and absolutely, you made the right decision because look at the communities that have popped up not only on DeviantArt but all over social media from all different countries. Like, there's a German artist I think that I follow now that does pose reference, and mm-hmm. it's you like you were just this really cool catalyst for that. And I'm so glad that you didn't stop after they scrapped everything. Cause I know I would have cried for four days and then been like, no more <laughs> I was, of that. I was super sad. I can, it's so funny. Cause I go back and read like, you know, when you're 22 years old, I'm sorry, 22 year olds, but your brain isn't fully formed yet. And <laughs> you like, you don't have full, like brain control of your emotions. Really? I mean, who does really, unless you, try really hard but at 22 every problem is a big problem still you know and it's like sorry I'm almost 40 I'm gonna sound like an old lady right now but like when 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 something was might have something to do with the neuro neuro neural non-typical stuff too but it's like when something was bad it was the worst you know it was like all consuming bad and so the fact that I was able to like take a deep breath. And honestly, I got to give credit to the moderator at the time because she was supportive. You know, she wasn't like you're trash and your stuff is trash and we don't want your trash. Go away. She was like, just try to follow the rules, please. <laughs> you know, right. and then I can let you post your stuff. You know, she was trying to help me. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about how like there definitely were post reference materials, right? Like they existed. You could buy like books and things. Um, I, you know, I, everyone remembers like a how to draw anime, you know, books of like the, I want to say like mid 2000s or whatever. Oh like, God, I saw one in Hobby you know? Lobby the other day. They're still <laughs> making them. Those yeah, exist. Making like, and they, they, they did exist. And there were, you could get pose reference books. A lot of them were geared towards that classic figure drawing, right? Yeah. So it was the contrapposto and the, you know, and it was that stuff, but to get something lady jumping with a sword may be less easy to find. I have been told, I do not know if this is true, but I have been told that Japan was publishing post references that were geared more towards like manga artists and things like that mm-hmm. um, in, in this time, in like that late 2000s sort of uh, time period. I don't, I never saw them. I didn't, I don't know about them. When I went to Japan, I did buy a whole bunch of pose reference books and they were all naked, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. And I was like, but they were action poses and like jumping and moving and all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, you just got to just put a little, no, okay, you're just doing it live. That's fine. A little tape right over. <laughs> just, just a skin tone thong, please. Just a low angle. It's all there. Okay. You know, it's great. Oh, Lord. <laughs> But I was like, I'm going to buy these books because these are great. <laughs> That's awesome. And I um, mentioned briefly, I talk about it, I think, on every fucking episode. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm from the South. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's very, like, 
Southern Baptist, mm. ooh, and then Parker is from Utah, so it's Mormon community. I really yeah. wanted it to be accessible to kids. That's the thing. Like, I wanted young artists to be able to use it. So, well, I and also, I feel like adults have um, a need for that as well, depending on their beliefs living or their their living circumstances. Yep. Because my partner, um, whenever he went to college, he went to a private Christian college because it had the best art program, but all of their figure drawing classes were closed. And they were all yeah. clothed in the way that you are clothed in your photos with like the leotards sense. or the dance tights yep. and things. And I hadn't considered that even young adults that could consent to seeing nude models I don't, really don't want to. See it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> like me personally. <laughs> I'm drawing the upper thigh, but I don't need to see a lip. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's cool that it's there. I, I, I want to throw this out to my not safe for work artists because I feel your pain because finding reference for that so, stuff okay. is is hard. I don't you guys probably have seen the pose reference archives. They've done a fantastic job filling that niche because they're young and beautiful and thin and wonderful and they are very confident and they're a couple, which is a great benefit. Yeah. Um and so they've done a really great job uh trying to fill that trying to tactfully fill that niche. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> which they're has been wonderful. Wonderful to see, you know, and it's like um and if you need a more detailed reference, there are many websites that you can go to. <laughs> yep. That's, My that's friend used to been. be an NSFW artist. So whenever she ran out of ideas, you pull up the hub and see what you get and hope mm -hmm. for the best. Run the hub. Never roulette. good. <laughs> Never, oh, ever good. It's always the tackiest, like, face acting of all time. She's like, I can't use this. And back to the drawing <laughs> board of trying to figure it out. Well, it's Just either... Get, get some ball-jointed dolls and put them together on the table yeah, and take a picture. <laughs> and all of the horror stories of a roommate walking in and seeing your little ball-jointed dogs. Yeah, it's either Pornhub Roulette. <laughs> or it's how many ahigao faces do you want to look at take your pick Boo! i'm <laughs> sick of that <laughs> oh my gosh well um i would also love to hear about your sailor moon love and your cosplay journey because i know that you don't cosplay a ton more recently but you did cosplay for quite a while um yeah, and parker is a professional cosplayer i'm getting back into it <laughs> Um, shut the fuck up. Don't look at me like that, Parker. <laughs> You've cosplayed for over 10 years. That doesn't make me a professional. I started taking it seriously only three years ago. Okay. And semi well, I don't get I don't get paid go, to do go it. Go so semi-professional. Yeah. You know, live, you know, have the title you wish to have. I'm semi-professional. I do hey. commissions, but I don't yeah. I'm not getting paid to do this like full time. Mm -hmm. I, I have to pay for everything I do. Yeah. So it's not professional. I'm a hobbyist. There I'm of go. the mindset that if it's what I want to be doing, it's my profession. That's why I say I like I'm, a I'm a professional podcaster and panelist at conventions. I am not a professional cosplayer. <laughs> I think it's on my Instagram bio, though, so I look cool. Oh. There you go. <laughs> but that's different. Professional is a loose word for me. But also, Parker is a Sailor Uranus cosplayer. Oh, nice. Um And so I just thought it would be so cute to hear your journey and talk to you about that as well. Yeah, I mean, all my cosplays have been made by other people, pretty much. Um, I've I had a bunch of friends that did Sailor Moon cosplays, so I would just pay them to sew me costumes. Um, Song of Amazon did a whole bunch of my 
earlier costumes. She did all my versions of Sailor Astera. Um, she did like the fan. I, I cosplayed a couple of different other fan guardians. So she did those costumes for me. Uh, I cannot remember what stage name she uses. I can only remember her real name. And I don't know if she would want me to use it on a podcast. So I have my friend Brew who does uh, a lot of beautiful cosplay. She did uh, another fan guardian for me. And she's done a couple of other, like I cosplayed Tiana from Nanoha once. And I don't know, I've done a whole bunch of them, but it's always just been like other people make mm-hmm. it for me and I just throw money at them. <laughs> like, my my mother-in-law and I made the, um, I did Esmeralda from Sailor Moon. Oh, I did her <laughs> once and uh, she helped me make that dress and I made the accessories. And then she also helped me make, I was Sailor Mercury's beauty change rod. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that cosplay. It's so funny, but it's the it's the super no, S transformation one. I have to look this up now. Guardians, I'm sure it's it's on DeviantArt yeah. somewhere on the Sarah Ford. I uh, will find page. it and I will include it on our episode. Yeah. resources. <laughs> it's a, it, that one is actually one of my fun. I, that one was really fun because it was a. Uh, I I drew the design as part of a project runway like sailor moon project runway challenge and it was like design a dress based on an item so i designed a an outfit based on the beauty change rod and then i was like i'm cosplaying this and i like took it to my mother-in-law i was like let's figure out how to make this and she's like you're a mad lad let's do it (laughs) i love that yeah, yeah, I mean, all my like all my cosplay has just been very sort of casual. It's gotten more casual, like you said. I don't, I don't like aggressively cosplay, but like when I go to cons, I'm working, so I just try to do things that are like pretty chill. Like at Anime Boston this year, I was uh, like an AU Gideon Nav if the Ninth House had a semi-formal prom, and it was really just an excuse to wear my suit. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I am going to mildly interrupt because a tiny little guest star has just oh, yeah, talk session. look at you cutie I don't think we've had a recording session in the last few weeks that yeah. lunchbox has not interrupted hi pretty <laughs> eyes her name is lunchbox that's a good name she is a little menace and we love her very much <laughs> i'm actually surprised that i haven't heard earl at the door screaming because my oh, yeah. door is closed <laughs> this is his cat tree back here i love all your earl pictures on your socials <laughs> love that fat gray man such a big man <laughs> a distinguished gentleman that's true it's true but um, oh my gosh oh no i totally get that i did not make my own fuku um we did the entire group and we all wanted to make sure we all had like matching bows and we were all somewhat color-coded to one another and we all had matching fukus so all of ours were commissioned by one person who mm. did all of them it was wow god too many um <laughs> but we looked incredible we did a whole shoot at a convention for it like we could not move we were in this convention spot for maybe three hours because people just kept coming up to us and taking photos because we had yeah. the whole when you've got a big group you get a lot of attention yeah it's insane especially when it's sailor moon because it's like if it's not like older fans who are recognizing it kids will love it no matter what just because it's, yeah, it's colorful, colorful. If they don't know and, who yep. you are you'll still be stopping to take like, <laughs> but there were so many chibi moons there were so many well one of the chibi like moons little, was my little friend's girls. baby Aww. one of them was my friend's baby and so she was like waiting for us to be there that day and that was that's awesome. so cute i love introducing young kids to cosplay um i did star guardian lux which is not a common known costume when i did it i did it like mm. right when she released 
and mm. no one knew who I was. They did just assume I was Sailor Moon. So that whole day I was being paraded around like I was Sailor Moon, even though I <laughs> was not. Um, and I feel like it happens a lot, especially because I'm in Utah and we have a big like convention, I say in quotes, because it's not catered to anything specifically. It's just kind of a big pop culture con. Mm. And so no one knows any niche cosplay there it feels like it's mostly just superheroes comic books pop culture and so just being in a brightly colored costume can sometimes be so much and it's so fun to just interact with the littles but um sailor uranus was definitely one of my funner ones i got to do because of that because it's like everyone knew who i was because i'm one of these super big name like animes and if it's not anime is not your thing you at least knew sailor moon because Mm. it's been going for so long Oh yeah, I showed. You go go ahead, ahead. Sarah. I was gonna say, well, it's funny when I cosplayed fan sailors because people would be like, they would know it was Sailor Moon, but they'd be like, "Which sailor are you? Uh, What?" (laughs) You know. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And I made Sailor Sarah before I knew about the Outer Guardians, so like I didn't. There was no purple Sailor Guardian. I picked my favorite color. I made a Sailor Guardian that was purple. There it was, and you know, so people would be like, "Oh, are you?" Are you sailor, sort of sailor sad, and are you different than her? <laughs> like they'd be really like confused. And then my my other friends that I dressed as were way, way totally different from. So they would be like, "You're clearly from Sailor Moon, <laughs> but help a guy out here." <laughs> I get the opposite because I will show like my in laws or my family pictures of my cosplay, and I did um. Parker and I did Mako and Ryuko from Kill a Kill, and I made mm. my Mako sailor uniform, and I showed a picture to my partner's aunt, and he goes, oh, you're Sailor Moon! It's like the nice mom who sees something. It's like, it's Naruto! Like, yeah, it's, it's Naruto, it's mom. <laughs> yeah, it just made me laugh. My like, kid oh, is sailor. doing her first like serious cosplay this weekend, because we're going <gasps> to KidsCon. Oh, who's she going to be? She's Ice Peach. That should be very cute. Yeah, she. I had. We had to be a little flexible on the dress because I was not gonna make her a dress in like two weeks. Oh. I was just like, we're going on Amazon and finding a blue dress. There it is. It's blue. <laughs> like it's definitely it not. It it's not the right cut. It's not the right style. But it's a big poofy blue dress, and we got her a veil, and I got her a wig, which I have to style at some point before Saturday, and you know the gloves and the crown and all that. So. I think That's I so think fun. she's gonna be really, and I'm not going to cosplay because I want people to pay attention to her. To her, like, yeah. So I want her to be like the little princess star of the day. It's gonna be really fun. That's <laughs> so <laughs> precious. My mom was a seamstress. I told this story a lot on the podcast. My mom has been like my number one fan for the longest time. She listens to every single episode and texts me. Um, but she's been making my costumes since I was literally born like anytime there's a Halloween costume she would make it um she's done crazy costumes for herself I think she was I can't even remember the name but like the dudes from Legion with the weird bowl cuts and like the body suits she was those guys one year um she was Miss Macaroni Lady from uh death like um Metalocalypse at one point like my mom does weird niche costumes and so when I started cosplaying way back in middle school she's like I got you and I wanted to make a bunny suit that was the first thing I made when I was like 15 but she's like yeah let's do it like she got me the fabric she got me the patterns worst bunny suit i've ever made in my life um (laughs) horrible but the fact that she let me do it was so cool um my first my sister has been sewing longer than i have and she's crazy um her first costume was sailor jupiter 
And it was like, that was before um, Simplicity made their own pattern for it. And so she had to like butcher together a bunch of patterns for uniforms and she hates it. She does not want any photos of it like available where they can be seen because she hates that costume so bad. But like Jupiter was her first sewing project that my mom helped guide her every way through because we were just desperate to learn because she did it all the time and we didn't really have conventions in Utah. I mean, we had one, but it's so small that no one knew about it, especially Mm. when I was a little child. And so when like Fanex first came to Salt Lake, it was finally like our chance to try because Halloween was the only time otherwise. I didn't know what cosplay was. I just knew my mom liked to dress up as very weirdly niche specific things for Halloween. Sometimes that's what it was. And then as soon as fan like it started to come, I would see it more on DeviantArt and more on Pinterest because I had was a kid who had way too much internet access from a young age. And so it's like I always knew this was cool. I just didn't know where to start. Like I would order an Amazon wig and wear a t-shirt related to whatever I was trying to be dressed as and call it good. Yeah. And so it's always that just like first step of just trying out what you can with what you have and having that support to do it that really helps kind of incubate the hobby and let it grow to be way more now. Yeah, like, like halfway, I'm like, oh, I hope she loves cosplay. And the other half of me is like, I don't really want to keep doing this. <laughs> You're going to have to learn how to, because I sew, but I like, but I hand sew. I don't machine sew. So like, yeah. you know, at some point I'm just going to hand her off to her grandmother and be like, all right, you're in charge of teaching this kid how to make actual things because I make hair bows. That's it. Yeah. That's I I make. <laughs> Back when Bratz dolls made a like machine, I got a little tiny Bratz doll machine for my mom that came with like, it's own little bundle of fabric and its own thread i still have the purple spool i should have grabbed actually because i desperately need it um i still have it from when i was like seven and that's when i first started to learn how to sew and of course i didn't know how to make clothes i didn't know how to make garments but i would make these tiny little stupid purses and give them to my mom and she would use them they weren't really like anything but two seams so they were just Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. rectangles with raw edges and she would still use them just because it's like you made it good job yeah Thanks, this, mom. You're my hero. So... Thanks for not telling me my purse was absolute trash. Uh, <laughs> um, this is so nice like... to hear from both sides because I know, Parker, your mom had you when she was very young. Mm-hmm. And um, she is, she's like, what, 46? She's like 46 right now, yeah. My, yeah. my mom was 22 or 23 when I was born. So, Sarah, it's really awesome to hear the mom side of like watching your little one (laughs) grow up you're like yeah you can do this costume yeah I'll support you let's help you out and and this is an improvement because originally her first idea is that she wanted to be that little pixie character from glitter force oh yeah she wanted to be the the pixie version of it and I was looking at the hair and I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And she's like, oh, well, maybe we can do the princess version. And I was like, this isn't better. <laughs> and I was like, I was going to do whatever I could to, like, make it make it happen. But, like, Ice Princess Peach is so much more obtainable <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's so many more references for how to cosplay Peach in some way. Yeah, and, and there's, like, commercially available crown. Like, I don't have to make the crown. We can just go <laughs> buy a Peach crown, you know? I actually went on Poshmark and found the perfect earrings for, like, $12, you know? And I was like, this, see, this is great, we you know? It. We're good. I'm just going to throw this together. But, uh, you know, cosplay is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um 
you know, even if you're just buying things and slapping them together, closet cosplay can be expensive too. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm, this is basically like an $80 costume for an yeah. eight year old. Right. And so like, is this a little much probably, but it's kind of her first con. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of like, I want to make it magical for her, you know, and yeah. people are going to love her. And I'm anti-cosplay fast fashion. Like, I'm fine with buying costumes, but when it's always, like, a seasonal, like, anime that you're just going to cosplay once and Mm. then never use it again, it's like, you should be putting more love into the costume. I have all of my costumes that I've ever worn, and I will never fit into them any, like, I will never fit into a costume that I wore when I was 22. It's (laughs) never gonna happen. The hips don't go back. That's it. (laughs) So, like, but I can't get rid of them. I can't, you know, my husband's like, well, what if you donated them? I'm like, to who? Who's gonna, no <laughs> and he's like, he's like, well, what could you sell them? And I'm like, who's going to cosplay my Sailor Moon character from 1999 other than me? <laughs> so I might as well just save them until my kid is big enough and then be like, you're a Sailor Astera this year. It's retro. Have fun. <laughs> That's yeah, so I get that. My costumes are very niche to my body type, so I can't sell them. So my closet is full of all, I think so far, technically, if I broke down from when I started to now, I've probably made around 100 costumes. Mm. And I've been, since coming out of COVID, I used to not do photo shoots. I used to just strictly do like convention only costumes. So I would make three new costumes every single time this yearly convention would come up and call it good. But since COVID happened and there weren't events anymore, I would start to push myself more. And that's how I was completing like 20 costumes a year or so on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and now that, yeah, I'm crazy. It's, I'm already on like 30 for this year. Um, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, my she's goal insane. is to make 365 bows this year. So, And you're up to like 100, right? Uh, let me look. Or like just, just shy? I'm curious where I'm at. Let's look. I am at... 116. That's insane. And you only hand sew. Yep. Hand sewing oh drives me crazy. I commend you for it. Yeah, and I the would. Current, the current, it's a hunt. Today is the 130th day, so I'm behind now. I'm 15 behind. I gotta get going. You'll make it. I had to hand stitch this belt for a cosplay I'm working on. Um, and I finished the belt two weeks ago, and I still have the cuts on my thumb from. From stabbing myself trying to hand sew it with a stupid needle. So I commend you for hand sewing so I much. I stab myself a lot. <laughs> I need to get like one of those hand things that way I don't have to like push. I can just use my fist to like kind of mm. do it. I yeah, the, cal- the calluses on these fingers are pretty. Uh... When I go give blood, they always ask for your. Um... Like they ask for your like your, ring, your ring finger to prick it, and I'm like, don't use my right hand. You'll <laughs> stab it, and nothing will happen. Because <laughs> the calluses on these the two fingers are so yeah. Actually, they're getting a little weak right now. When I was prepping for Anime Boston, I was sewing for like eight hours a day for like mm-hmm. seven weeks or something. So they got pretty gnarly. <laughs> I've gotten weak and soft now because I've been doing uh, you know, administrative work, which is yeah. Way less physically enduring. <laughs> I just it drives me crazy. I don't have the patience to sit there and do it. And so I just try to if I can't do it by machine, I will make it happen, but I don't like doing it. Mm. And I only know how to do a basic like <laughs> I know how to do a whip stitch and that's yeah. It. Uh, that's the easiest one. Anything well, else, don't ask. 
Whenever I have to do like the dangly bits on bows, anytime I have to do any kind of what I would consider jewelry work, when mm -hmm. I have to do like beading and when I have to do like chains and sometimes I'll do like it, do it fancy and there'll be like multiple dangling things. I'm always like stupid jewelry crap. I hate this stupid part. You know? <laughs> and then I'm really happy when it's like pretty and it looks nice. But, but the whole twisting and this bit with the little thing and I'm like, no, I hate it. <laughs> I had to add beads to like a, um, basically kind of like making a beaded sleeve for mm -hmm. it. And I have to like go Mistress and kind of, yeah, a little bit. I'm doing yeah. Nami from One Piece, one of her different versions for Akon in a few weeks. And I have to do the stupid sleeves with it. And I have to gently kind of whip them on there so they don't move. I, I would mm. just tie them, but I don't want them to look messy if I just tie them. And so I have to finally buy the bullet. And just <laughs> You're like, Ugh. I hate it. I just hate it. It takes so much time. And I always con crunch without fail. But I do plan way more photo shoots and way more conventions than I used to. So I'm getting way more uh, wearability out of, out of yeah. yeah. It's how I justify making so many is because like if I wasn't using these, then it would just be really wasteful. But. And I feel like character designs especially for characters that are aimed at younger kids are getting very com complex compared to like when we were younger because well, yeah, i was because thinking animation has changed right yeah like it's gotten... I... there's too much detail on this can we start smaller <laughs> yes because um i was thinking about like one of the first big costumes that my mom ever sewed for me was jasmine from aladdin mm -hmm. and it was out of really shitty poly satin from hobby lobby and it fell yep. apart very quickly but you know i loved it and it was just very simple crop top long sleeves and pants there you go kid go run amok That's on halloween <laughs> and now it's like oh i have to get out the the crimper and tease this wig <laughs> I don't know what that is. Good luck. <laughs> Let me boot up the cricket. Let me tell you though, the shows she's into right now are like she new Shira, which yeah, she's watched, good. which she's watched like eight times. Avatar, Last Airbender. So like she's super into that right now, which is a great time to become an Avatar fan because there's oh, tons absolutely. of new content coming out. I'm like, oh, she's gonna be stoked. Um, what else does she watch like religiously? There's one other one that she watches on like on like endless repeat oh well she did watch a lot of glitter force which was very cute that's precure right that's the <laughs> english pretty cure um but there's one other show that i can't remember right now that she she it's like i said it's she's she's not diagnosed but i'm like you're the adhd kid these are your comfort shows <laughs> like you know like she just Is cycles owl through house? i could just i, could, I really yeah. i tried to get her into owl house um she, oh Hilda Hilda is the Hilda's other one. really oh, yeah. good I like I was Hilda. like do you want to cosplay Hilda we could do that <laughs> you already have her hair <laughs> I but yeah she just my partner and I are watching <laughs> the new Ducktales like the 2017 oh, Ducktales yeah, yeah. it's so good if your child has not watched the new ducktales you absolutely should introduce it to her because my adhd brain and my partner who i think has something attention wise going on his brain is just like laser focused it's so good it's hilarious um i really didn't think it was going to be as good as it is but it's awesome. it's great and super easy designs <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, you would be Webigail for Halloween? There you go. That's no a, problem. 
Luckily, when I did my Avatar cosplay, I did mine, so that it was easy peasy. The worst part was my big, like, sleeves, but I did not pattern those. I put them on the fold, and I guessed, and it worked out for me, and I was very lucky, because I made that costume in six hours, I think. <laughs> I don't look at my hems, but it was fast, and it was really easy, because it was just layering the fabric properly, making sure it had, like, nice shine for pictures, and that was it. I didn't have to worry about, like hand sewing a bunch what of embroidery was it it was my uh one of the fire nation oh yeah, yeah yeah okay um yeah, but like goes goth gf yeah yeah it's like now if i want to cosplay like anything disney related i have to hand embroider maribel's dress from oh my God. i'm not doing that <laughs> like they're all i appreciate the change but if i want to cosplay rapunzel i don't want to have to go get a bunch of like fancy pattern materials and have to make a yep. bodice and corset i'm not doing that <laughs> that's ridiculous can we put them in a simpler outfit like <laughs> bell easy outfit Aurora, you gotta get like you gotta get like the bootleg clothes. you gotta get the bootleg figure and then cosplay that true yes. the one that they did not bother to put figures or like any Details form of on, it on. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. purple it's a purple dress Be like i'm bootleg Rapunzel. It's me. <laughs> I'm Rapunzel from the original fairy tale, non Disney yeah. associated. <laughs> it could be as minimalism as you want. I'm like for the princess party, Rapunzel, who they don't have the licensing for. So I'm just, I'm here. I'm pur- purple princess with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> purple flower princess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're the spirit Halloween brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But now they're licensed. Spirit Halloween's stepping their game up with actually like getting the license for what they make. Yeah, you know, must be nice. <laughs> That's, which is insane to me that younger fans have access to so many cool things now, like awesome Halloween costumes. They have access to like accessible collector's items, like Funko Pops or like cool uh, pre-order bonuses. For Even the video just games. watching anime now is so much easier. Oh like- my god! <laughs> I remember watching the 420p three-parter on YouTube. <laughs> But that was the best one. Okay, I, could find. I have I have to tell you this story. When I was 16 years old, so I had been a Sailor Moon fan for two years. I started watching Sailor Moon in 2000. Wait, when I was 14. So however old I was when I was 14, math is hard. About 2000, I think. Wait, how old am I? Anyway, <laughs> when I was 14, I started watching 1999. There it is, April 9th. Woo! File unlocked. All right. April 9th, 1999 is when I started watching Sailor Moon. Two years later, I found out, at some point, I found out about Sailor Moon Stars, which was not released in the United States. And then through sleuthing on the internet at the time, in like 2000, 2001, I found out that you could get VHS tapes of the fan subs. And I was like, all right, I want to get these. Like, I want to see this show. Like, this is so cool. It's a whole season of this show that I like that I've never seen. So I was like, I found this website and it was like, you know, $49.99. And they would send you like eight VHS tapes that were like the the subtitled, like hard subs on the VHS tape. So I was like, hey, dad, I need your credit card. And he was like, why? And I was like, I want to buy this thing on the internet. And he was like, what is it? And I'm like, it's a videotape of this TV show I like. And he was like, sure. <laughs> I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> so in like 2001 or something, I used my father's credit card to buy V-Kill Sailor Moon fan subbed VHS tapes <laughs> that That's like came, came in the mail in like a box 
from like California or something. And then I, and I just fucking devoured them. I think I sold them. And it was like on the side of each tape, it was like handwritten, like Sailor Moon Stars, like 194 to 206. You know, like, <laughs> man, I wish I had like taken a single photo of like any of those, you know? And that was the, that was how I watched Stars for the first time. And it was like, I'm like, that is batshit insane. If I could, you know, even now, if my kid came up to me and was like, can I use your credit card to buy something on the internet? I'd be like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> but First in off, how do you know what a credit card is? Yeah, Second. but in, no. but, oh, she knows. But in 2000, like, can you, oh, man. It was just... My first exposure to anime besides, like, four kids and Toonami was because my dad had all of Robotech on VHS mm. um, and all of Akira. So Akira was my actual technical, like, first one I can remember because it was Akira a nightmare. It was the first anime I ever saw. That. I should not have seen that. No, I think I was, like, 12. <laughs> I had not, I think I was, I was younger. I was probably, like, three or four. But, like, the scene where his arm is erupting scared me so yeah. bad. I, but my dad also I had have, a figure of it. So I would just be like, all right, this is fun. Yeah. I've got so many body horror issues between Shel Silverstein and watching Akira at too young of an age. Like, yeah. Core memory unlocked at the Shel Silverstein thing. I remember being so <laughs> afraid of those books, but loving the writing. Like, I want to read it, but I don't want to look at it. The art style is yeah. nightmarish. It's yeah. oh eldritch horror. The little kid that turns into the TV because he watches TV mm-hmm. too long. <laughs> the no light on in the attic, where it's like the kid's head. That one. Ugh. Yeah. And then like, oh, man, there's the one with the kid that he says he tries to, he grows a foot taller and there's just a foot sticking out of the top of his head. That man was crazy. <laughs> Good kids oh book God. if you just take out everything that's in it. <laughs> oh my God, the art. Actually, he is, he, he is, oh no, I was going to say, is he still alive? No, he's not. I had to go look it up. He died in 1989. No. Oh, yeah. he's long dead. Never mind. My bad. But let me tell you, uh, the fact that my kid reads those books now, I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I by it. His portraits are scary. Yeah, his portraits are him, a like, little... Gritting his teeth on the back. Scary. They're just, you know, it's, it's definitely a... I've got friends who are like those friends who are like super into like horror. And I am not super into horror. I feel like I had all of my exposure to horrible things like before the age of 14 and then I just kind of noped out (laughs) after that but I'm like man if you've got a kid that has any inkling of like any of like being into that weird shit man just get them so get them a bunch of Shel Silverstein books (laughs) yeah that makes sense now why I'm a big horror fan all right I read I read four so I read to the library I go to the school Mm -hmm. and volunteer and I read to the third grade and one of the days I was like I'm gonna read you guys poetry and the kids are like you know and I was like all right but it's Shel Silverstein and a couple of them were like oh (laughs) you know and so I picked like the poems that I thought were like the edgiest that I could get away with like reading in public at the school um and so it was like I, I can't even remember which ones they were, but they were they were funny. They're all funny. They're hilarious. Um, and every single kid, as soon as we were done, like they get up and go pick books, they all went to the poetry section. Like the whole chunk of them just went right. You know, it was when's the last time a third grader checked out a poetry book, really? And then like they were all over there. They like wanted in, <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> That's great. so cool. It's so nice to hear how how much creativity and artistry has permeated like every corner of your life and to see that like pass through your kid and like now your volunteer work and all of your following online it's just 
so I I love that we have this community now that everyone can connect so easily and we can mm. chat across three time zones and like right? hear all <laughs> yeah. the it's dark all out the here positivity. now. <laughs> it just it just like hit me again. Like oh, I just love it. When I was little, uh, not that little, but uh, when I was little-ish, you know, te- teenager-ish, when I'm learning all my morals and watching Star Trek Next Generation and um, figuring out how to be a good human being, um, my dad had a conversation with me once that was like, first of all, I was raised by hippies, so they were very like, you know, chill vibes people. Um, but my dad and I had this conversation once where he was like, there, there are fundamentally two different kinds of people in the world. There are people who serve themselves and there are people who serve others. And while you can't a hundred percent always serve others, because then you'll deplete your own resources and have nothing to give, try to be as often as you can, the person that's in service to others. You guys know the giving tree, right? Like, so he, he gave me this in conjunction with sort of that, a version of that story. Um, and so that has always, you know, my dad had a, a complicated life and he wasn't the happiest man, but I think he gave me a lot of wisdom um, because as I've gotten older, I've definitely seen that play out in my experience with others. Like, you can't be completely selfless you can be completely selfish. (laughs) Um, And so just sort of watching how people interact with the world and trying to, you know, keep myself on that arc towards doing as much good for others as I can while also enjoying my own life. I think sometimes people get wrapped up in you know, I, I think it's amazing when people can dedicate their whole life completely to service. That's wonderful. Um, but I'm sort of a materialistic bitch and I can't completely <laughs> let go. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I try to I try to find like a, a good middle ground where I'm giving as much as I can, but also sort of letting that uh, the pleasure and joy of life, you know, in as much as I can, too, mm-hmm. because we are not here for very long. Yeah, I mean, to make a living, you have to live. Like you, yes. you have to make it work. Capitalistic hellscape that we live in requires. <laughs> Unfortunately, so you have to do something that makes you happy in that time as well. Um, I feel like absolutely spoiled that I have somehow, through process of trial and error, found my way to a job that fulfills me emotionally um you know that 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 is that is interesting enough to keep my attention <laughs> and also makes me money <laughs> like it's yes. just such a it's such a happy you know uh thing and and honestly it really has only been in the last two or three years that i've felt that my art and stock has become a career like really, I um the last time I had like a full time job was like 2013 before I had my kid. Uh, I had a part time job before I had my kid. That was the last time I was like employed by someone else. And then once I had my kid, I didn't really want to go back to working for someone else. I just kind of wanted to do my own thing, which is you know the dream. Um, but it took a really long time. It took essentially seven to ten years to feel like I was doing good, like really doing something that was. You know, I'm making enough money that it didn't. It wouldn't make any sense now for me to go get another job because I'm making enough right. of this job, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's a really good feeling to feel like I've, I feel like I've succeeded. And even though 
it's still kind of a struggle and every month I have to figure out how I'm going to make money. Like, how am I going to make money this month? I don't know, Sarah, let's talk about it. <laughs> um, but like, it's so nice to like be there, you know, it's like little Sarah wants to be an artist when she grows up and now I, I am. Yay. <laughs> and you're, you're an artist tenfold. Like you're an artist in so many different regards, which is so, I feel like that is truly the dream. Like, oh, I'm I'm going to make bows for 10 years. I'm going to be a model for 10 years. I'm going to do this for 10 years. Like, that's just, that's incredible. Yeah, it definitely is exciting. It's, it's and really it's cool. it's <laughs> so nice to see that mindset in someone that has the platform that you have um, and the reach that you have. And to remind yourself, like, you're here and you're, like, gracious and gratuitous of it and you're not taking it for granted and at the same time you're still like giving back and helping others and volunteering and (laughs) I have these conversations with I have I have marketing people now this is like a thing that I started doing once I made enough money was I hired people to like run my social media and you know do that stuff so we'll have like meetings and stuff and they'll be like all right Sarah here's how we're gonna maximize your profits and I'm like great I just want to like I just want to pay myself each month like I don't need to <laughs> like I just need bare minimum I want to run my payroll every month so if we can pay my credit card and pay myself every I mean yes would it be if I made a ton more money I could do more sure I yeah. could but the amount of work that it would take you know if, if you know I'm, I'm at maximum capacity for art right now I can't make any more art I could hire people and I can outsource those are the two you know paths to more income with my art I don't want to do either one of those with pose reference modeling I can scale up because I can make one pack that I could sell 50 times or I could sell 500 times right so that is where marketing can help me that's where they can do the outreach and they can do you know promotional stuff but when they come to me and say you really should increase your patreon levels like a dollar is ridiculous and I can agree with them (laughs) most people don't have dollar patreons anymore that's kind of a thing of the past and I can see why I've been encouraged to change that and make it like minimum five or whatever and then go up from there but also like at this point you know I don't want to mess with the the golden goose right like that's patreon right now is what's paying me you know that's how that's my most stable income every month and I don't want to poke that dragon <laughs> like it's fine it'll it's been growing organically on its own since 2015 not on its own with effort but it's growing slowly and that's great I had a big jump in 2020 that was that was when my patreon had a big jump and that was because I, Gee, had I wonder why <laughs> yeah I had a, had a had a twitter thing um a lot of people were home making art so it was a it was a combination of this one thing on Twitter uh, going very, very viral for like a week and um, and just a lot more people like being home and making art. Um, so 2020 was a big game changer for me financially, which is crazy because for a lot of people, it was the opposite, right? It was like all the, con- like, I was like, oh my God, I, I have no conventions. <laughs> like <laughs> there are no shows. <laughs> I went from 14 shows a year to zero. <laughs> So yeah, it it was it was kind of wild how it worked out. But that same thing happened with the art. Once I couldn't sell at conventions, I had to sell online, and I had to figure out how to do it. And it was great. <laughs> so it's like if the if the pandemic had never happened, what would I you know where would I be? I don't even know. Because mm-hmm. it really lit a fire under my ass. 
Yeah. I feel like it did for so many creatives because like all the voice actors we've talked to, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I record remotely now and haven't gone back to a studio and it's easier for them to, to do that. Or My husband and I both work from home. Like, yeah, that's that's spoiled as heck. <laughs> Incredible. My, um, in the same vein of like your service, my mantra since I was 17 is that we're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm chronically ill and it would piss every single nurse off when I would say that. Cause I used to be in and out of the hospital pretty frequently. Anytime I say that I would get an immediately shut up Parker. Cause it was not the time or place to be saying something like that, mm. but it really is just kind of, it's silly, but it keeps me going in a way where it's like, sometimes just being like present for myself comes first mm-hmm. and yep. it's you want to be I'm very because I'm, I'm on the autistic spectrum and I try to be very empathetic to everybody and I definitely do put other people before myself a lot especially when it comes to like my community because I do a lot of group events I do a lot of photo shoots I try to show up and I try to be a resource for people and I try to get like my friends connected to photographers or vice versa. And I try too hard sometimes. Mm. And so just like letting myself have a karaoke night at a bar, like I look silly. I'm in costume doing karaoke right now. Who cares? I'm having fun where I have to, I have to live to a degree. And so I totally like mm-hmm. understand having to still be selfish to like a little degree because it's like, if you're not, yeah, that was that was kind of what my dad was. That was like his like thing, you know. He was like, you know, you you can give, but you can't give so that there's nothing left because then you can't take care of you. <laughs> so I'm so glad we all agree that the giving tree is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I hate that philosophy. I hate that. I hate that book. I just didn't like it at all when I was a kid. My I mom actually, hated it. I used to wonder if it was written that way to be like alarming oh yeah like it's meant to be spiteful like that. Like no when one, you get to the end like if you like are expecting the tree to realize and then it doesn't and then you're like oh shit <laughs> but i don't know enough about i feel like know. i know too many kids though who never saw that point they right. saw that and they're like yeah that's awesome people should do that for me it's like no i truly didn't see how like scary honestly the ending of uh the giving tree was until i was like 18 or 19 and went back and reread it but i also remember hating that book because it was always printed just with the line work there was no color in it and me being the small artist child that i was was like oh so it's a coloring book and my mom always having to swap my hand away and say no you can't color in the book it's supposed to be like that so maybe I'll just go destroy an old copy of it. Go color <laughs> it just to like have that feeling. Enjoy it. Enjoy being a child. I I will take the paper from the book and use it for my selfish gains. You're just like that damn kid. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that whole book was supposed to be a metaphor for motherhood. I really yeah. Which, and not not like a guide for children on how to live. Yeah, <laughs> I think it you was. should read this to your child and realize you should not do that. That's yeah, that's yeah. How I think I feel. Yeah, it's I I feel yeah. It's it's just because just because of you know circling back to Shel Silverstein and and like how he is <laughs> and how things are all to like the extreme. 
<laughs> There's another children's book that that reminds me of that I feel is also like, oh, moms, if you're reading this, maybe don't coddle your kid to that extreme. And I cannot. Oh my god, the it's name the one it. where she sneaks into his yes, yes house when he's thirty and is, she hugs him and. As long yeah, as you're I'll, living, my baby, you'll be. Yeah, I'll, like, yeah. The, I'll love you always. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that book made me cry like a little bitch after I had my kid. Oh. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, I know which one now. You saying that got me there because that's my mom reacted the same way. I get it. I'm here. Yep. I'm, I'm it's in the like sweet only in the fantasy realm. And then you like actually read it to a child and you're like, oh, I love you so much and I would do anything for you. But if you turn 30 and need me to come rock you to sleep at night. I am gonna have to say no. <laughs> it's you know, so being a mom, it's like real especially being a mom of an anxious kid, it's really, really hard to balance the I'll help you, I'll protect you with the you need to figure out how to do this on your own. That is like one of the biggest things that we're doing right now. And watching my kid go from I can't, I'm scared to let me try I can do it has been like one of the most fulfilling things as a parent you know to like see her start to recognize her own insecurities and be able to like self motivate into like a try mentality has been like really cool (laughs) I also struggle with some really intense anxiety and I saw this image that I will dm you on twitter after this recording Sarah um that it's like one of those little decision trees and Mm -hmm. it says um do you want to do this thing the answers are yes or but I'm scared and so you go yes it says cool do the thing it says but I'm scared and then the answer is do it scared Mm -hmm. and that has just clicked so well with me and I don't know why it's so simple but just like yeah just keep going just do it scared do it scared there's two there's two things in that vein uh Sarah D my my Sarah D um she also has high very high anxiety and basically I have these conversations with her where she's like everything I do to like promote and encourage my own art career I'm doing it scared you know what I mean like this kickstarter she's doing it terrified do you know what I mean like that once she realized that about herself too it was like a light bulb right it was like a light bulb moment like just do it scared and then uh the book I'm reading right now which I wish I had in my office so I could pick up and show you but Jeb Corliss he's a um, wingsuit guy he like jumps off buildings and flies like a squirrel whoa (laughs) it's his like life story it's like a it's like a autobiography and like that's kind of like that's kind of his thing too is like what he does is scary it is terrifying but like that's why he's doing it you know like when he was younger he did it because he didn't care if he lived or died now he cares and loves his life but he still does it because that's his that's his peeking under the hood of the reaper Right. That's his affirmation of life, right? Is doing those things that freak you out. And for some people, that's jumping off a 3,000 foot, uh, you know, waterfall with a wingsuit. And for some people, that's going to the grocery store. Yeah. You know, for me, for some people in this call, that's going to be <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but, but that's the thing like, you know, anxiety, when you avoid the things that cause you anxiety, it makes you more anxious. And every time you do the thing that causes you anxiety and live to tell the tale, you've had one more whack at that part of your brain that says scary, you know, and it makes you that much more resilient. 
So have you dealt with that in like more recently with switching over from um, poses to a focus on bows or like throughout your creative career? Has it always been that just do it scared mentality? No, because I don't have anxiety at all. <laughs> You're like, so, no, I'm, I'm nailing is, it. I got I it. Like this is that's the thing. It's like my husband, my kid, most of my friends I are in that like ball of anxiety. I get anxiety for like things that make everybody anxious like you have to take a test or like actually even really speaking like public speaking I don't really get very anxious about that but like you know I get I get like regular anxiety but I don't live with anxiety and and I've had panic attacks but they've been like unrelated to uh like events I don't know what it's called when you just get a random panic attack but I've had like a panic attack yeah. So like, it's but I had difference between panic and anxiety. Is like the panic ones you just show up, and anxiety is usually where it's rooted in like something that's else. happening. Yeah, or something, yeah, an experience, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I don't have, I don't have any of the anxiety, but I, I have, I have the the ADHD, and um, and I have like, uh, like really terrible memory <laughs> problems, which, you know. Wherever that comes from, but yeah, no, that's one. I've actually really, I've had to really learn a lot about managing anxiety because because I've got the anxious kid, um, and because my husband did such a great job hiding it for so long. (laughs) It's what we're good at. The masking is strong. That one, very good. (laughs) Has to be. It's part of the anxiety is the masking it. Yeah, no one can know you're anxious. Everyone thinks he's just a real laid back, chill, cool guy, and he's sitting there quietly going. "Ah!" I have a marquee board on my desk um, at my day job, and it says, outside I'm hooting, inside I'm hollering. <laughs> I love that. So that's, that's how I live. Truly beautiful. Cowboy lifestyle. That's me. Oh my gosh. Sarah, I think that I'm going to maybe call it quits while we have the time to sure, like yeah. wrap it up, it up. one more we can always you know if there's stuff we didn't get to you guys can have me on again hostage. that's fine yeah, i would love to talk to you again guest. every single guest literally it's like we will take you back whenever if you want to come back just tell us we'll put you on yeah like or you said at the beginning even out we're when best got friends now cool going on or whatever yeah exactly we can hang yeah. out anytime You'll have to come out to a convention sometime, maybe to Fanex in Salt Lake. That's one that I usually go to to see Parker. You can sell I your bows. I go to Cooler Con, so you'll probably see me at some others. <laughs> you know, like, it's, been a, it's been a, a life dream, a life goal of mine to have a convention invite me as a guest, and it hasn't happened yet, so. No! You want to put a good word in for me somewhere. <laughs> Parker Parker knows people that are I involved don't know that it. many people. I'm really trying. I'm trying to know more people. <laughs> Me getting my panel accepted there last year was kind of like fighting tooth and nail a little bit for them to get back to me. So we'll see what I can. (laughs) But I do know people, so maybe I can try to get some Mm. strings pulled a little bit. That's like that's like the one thing I haven't haven't unlocked that I'd be that I'd be super down. I'm really bad at it. Like I'll be walking right next to showrunners at cons and they'll be like, "Oh, hey, there's that guy," and then just keep going because it's like. The amount of effort involved you. with I'm human t- interaction. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be up and like, oh my god, you're the you're the showrunner for this con, right? It's me, the person who talks here every year. Hey, 
Well, that's, I gotta say, that's one thing that I've got, I feel like I've been, um, the amount of known that I am is really, really, like, teeny tiny, right? Like, I don't have, like, a million followers or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I'm in the, like, multi-hundreds of thousands, which is still a whole freaking lot of people, right? It's like a little city. Um, so, like, there's enough people that know who I am that when I go to cons, it'll, like, it can come up. I've yeah. never been, like, recognized at the grocery store or something, you know, like that, right? Like, people in town don't know who I am for that reason. They know I'm Sarah. I run Girl Scouts, and I work the elections, and I'm a volunteer. You know, like, that's how they yeah. know me. So, so like, when I interact now with people who have, like, actual fame, it's it's changed how I, like, approach that you know like uh when I met Patrick Stewart who I like freaking love um and absolutely wanted to like you know flap and fangirl you know I sort of found myself just talking to him and just being like oh hey it's super cool to meet you your work has been really meaningful you know my dad and I uh you know used to watch Star Trek together when I was a kid he passed away a couple years ago you know meeting you is really cool can you sign my journal? Thanks for all your hard work, you know? And it's, it's much easier for me to like contextualize, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are people who, if I randomly unexpectedly met, I would probably like have a little freak out, but I do feel like I've, it's given me this like weird peek into like what that must feel like. You know what I mean? Like when we saw people, yeah. the pictures of people at the Met Gala, like the after party, when they were literally just like, like Lil Nas X and like somebody and like, they're like taking selfies and hanging out. And it was like, in my head, I know people are like, oh, rich people having a party, whatever. But in my head, I'm like, it must be so nice for them to just like, hang out and party and have fun and have a night the where they can just be themselves and hang out with people they know and have a good time and not feel like they're constantly like on stage like mm -hmm. in the spotlight you know and it's just like god that's that must be so fun <laughs> and i i've heard on so many podcasts and like youtube shows and whatnot that the people who get approached like that and they're like oh my god like you're whoever um when they're out at Disney World or doing something with friends they're like oh yep that's me they always appreciate the interactions that you described more um than the the fangirling that it's more of like hey it's your work more, means it feels a lot more to me. genuine yeah it does it feels more genuine like but you can't help it get excited right like you can't help it yeah i <laughs> I met Aaron Hansen once and I didn't think I was going to meet him. I just kind of ran into him in a like alleyway. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's you. And I think I blacked style, out. Like stepped on his foot. <laughs> I like blacked out for 30 seconds and I have a picture that I don't remember taking and I'm like, cool. <laughs> but okay. That's, that's going to haunt me forever. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like when we met Chris and we're like, huh, we have a stupid little podcast joke. And now we just go up to him at cons and he doesn't care. And he puts us in his back and makes like everyone wait while he hangs out with us. And he fangirls <laughs> over us now. Um, Chris, <laughs> I love you. I appreciate you. You're the best. It's just, it's weird. Once you get to that scope where you know people on that level, it's like. They're just people. Wow. We're just, just people. They're all we just all people. just on a rock. <laughs> It's so true. It's really, it's so true. And like, I'm, there are definitely a hundred percent, like, I'm sure there are famous people who think they're 
like God's piss, but like hot shit. Most people are just regular people. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fun to like level with them a little bit to just like have a real conversation with them because you know they appreciate it. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm not like on any level of anyone's, but I was at like a tiny little convention two weeks ago when people were like, hey, you're Crown Guard cosplay. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> when me. it starts happening, it's weird, right? <laughs> I, I don't have like a large following. I think I only have like maybe, I think I'm almost at 2,000, which is oh, kind of, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've had a little, a little nest egg for the last 10 years. So whatever. But it's weird when people like know me by that instead of just Parker, because I've always yep. just been Parker in the community. But now I do panels at these events and I do talks and I, run a podcast and I host group events so they're now like oh my god crown guard I'm like no I'm just a dude <laughs> I'm the most dude you've ever met and <laughs> it's like let's it's, do that together it's so weird to like see that circle grow a little bit it's yeah. like I didn't even realize this was happening just more people are starting to know about me by proxy which I mean I don't want to equate myself to a celebrity by any means but it's awkward it's weird You're like no, it does want- it gets it gets weird because sometimes at conventions like people will come up and they like are like 10 feet away from the table and they want to come over and say hi but they're scared or they're nervous or they don't want to like it is really cool to like full circle i started this episode fangirling over sarah and now it's like oh we're just people and friends and it's our pals it's so so cool so you'll come to a con i'll go to a con i'll see you i'll be like friend-shaped person and i won't remember your name and then i'll stand really far (laughs) away and be like whoa (laughs) i know that person and then I'll walk away because I don't know what else to do. If you see, <laughs> my, boyfriend, my boyfriend's really good at that. Like, well, we saw Lily Pichu, who is like a super famous YouTuber and like league like streamer. And I was like, oh my God, it's Lily Pichu. And he goes up to her and is like, this is my girlfriend. Um, Here's her business card. Like, don't take a I was like, what? <laughs> Extrovert powers. <laughs> He's weird about that. He doesn't, he was the first one to like, I don't want to say like pop my bubble in terms of like, I don't want to borrow, like bother these people who are mm. big names. I know I'm friends with a lot of people who are like very big in the niche community I'm a part of, but it's like weird now that they just my homies. It's cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is my friend who's famous for being a Josuke cosplayer. I don't know. <laughs> Best friends now. Um, well, whenever we're at a convention, if you see a five foot tall lady, that's too then, vague of a description for this entire lady state. Mean other. This is too vague, <laughs> and that can count as too many of my friends next to me. <laughs> I have too many short friends, Nebula. I'm sorry. I need you to feel the judgment in my gaze. It's oh, not my fault that you are fair. average height. <laughs> 5'2 is not average height. 5'2 is itty bitty. Average height for a lady is 5'5, five, 5'6. Five, five, I just found out I'm short. <laughs> How tall are you, Sarah? How tall do you think I am? 5'5. Five, 5'4. Five. Five, but the oh, internet so thinks close. I'm like 5'8 because I take, I take photos from like my belly button height. <laughs> <laughs> when people meet me, they're like, you're shorter than I expected. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I'm to do it. Four, Camera I'm angles. Foot over you. You Sorry, are four, so 14 short. inches no, taller okay. than I'm me. I'm just really tall. <laughs> almost a foot. Oh, you know, a full foot taller than Sarah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Adorable. Well, Sarah, where can everybody find you and find your business and support your amazing creative endeavors? 
Yeah, so two websites, adorkastock.com and adorkabose.com are the two main sites. And if you go to adorkastock.com slash hub, you can get all of my socials and everything. I'm pretty easy to find because it's pretty much adorkastock everywhere. And adorkabose is also on a bunch of social medias. I don't have like a, I don't think I have a hub link for that, but you can find me on Twitter Instagram, TikTok, tum my Tumblr is still Sailor Astera because I haven't switched it over yet. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm all over your the place. places. We can if find you start, we'll link you start, your big hub. Yeah, if you start on the dot coms, you can filter your way out from there. Um, do you have any upcoming conventions that you're going to be at or anything? I have no conventions planned for the rest of the year. I will be applying for another anime convention, which is a very small convention in Massachusetts that runs in the fall. I think it's in October this year, but I go to that one because it's just like a home con kind of local show. It's mm. a little teeny tiny itty bitty show. Um, so no no con plans, but I've got, let's see, looking at my schedule on the wall here. Uh, I have a big, uh, I don't know when, when this podcast is going to air, but I have a big shop update that's coming May 26th, where I'm going to drop a whole bunch of new merchandise into my art shop. And then next month, I'm planning on doing a huge uh, one-of-a-kind hair bow event. And pose reference stuff is kind of wishy-washy right now. I'm working on trying to schedule some new shoots this summer, hopefully. And it's almost pool season, so hopefully we can get back in the water, too. If you need niche body types that look like Slenderman, um, I'm here. I'm your girl. Yeah, who looks tall and a little spindly? I got you. That sounds like someone I don't quite have yet. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got you with cosplay experience. Yes, I have lots of cosplay and model experience. Well, so I did great. art modeling before I did cosplay. So I'm. Oh. Yes, let's chat later. Well, Parker, <laughs> so Sarah um, can find you. What are your socials, and where can everybody else find you? Um, back to the professional poll, like, or the my my spiel. You can find me on Instagram at Crown Guard Cosplay. You can find me on Twitter at Little Light Bee. Um, I don't use any of my other social medias anymore. I feel like you can find our podcast at Fandames Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can find our Patreon at Fandames.com. Or sorry, Fandames Pod at Patreon.com. There we go. Spiel done. So for the third episode in a row it's patreon.com slash fan yeah i know i can't do this anymore <laughs> i can't do the spiel i've lost it you don't have intro rights and you don't have ending spiel rights anymore. i still get my ending spiel rights you just have to correct me deal with it vote <laughs> well mm. you can find me at nebula underscore inky on instagram and twitter um and thank you so much again sarah for coming on and we're definitely gonna have to have you back because you are such a delight to talk to Oh, thank you. I feel I like there's so many things that we can just talk about more yeah. and more. We can go forever and ever and ever. When we were in between, barely a dead moment, only when we had to look very hard at what was happening in front of us <laughs> so we just couldn't handle saying more words. But we did it. It's okay. It worked we out. Made we it, made it. And we made it to the end. And it <laughs> won't team. happen again. We will fix it so this does not happen again. Incredible. Thank you for being patient with us. Um, everybody sure. else? Uh, yeah. See Go buy later. a bow from Adorka Bows. Yeah. Yay. Or a Yay. pin at this point, because there and really aren't any bows on the website yet. <laughs> buy something. Yeah, buy some buy a pose reference pack. Become a patron. Become a patron for <laughs> Subscribe her to my YouTube. <laughs> my poor little baby YouTube. <laughs> YouTube shorts. Go. Go. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, okay. bye everyone. Bye.